The following program is presented to you by the New York State School Boards Association. NISBA's President's Gavel Podcast is supported by the Harris Beach Educational Institution's team of attorneys. Harris Beach successfully represents more than 130 school districts and BOCES clients throughout New York State on matters involving school district operations, labor and employment matters, cybersecurity, and student issues. Learn more at www.harrisbeach.com. Understanding and executing the roles and responsibilities of school board members and interpreting the authority of school boards is not always easy. Without a clear understanding of what is appropriate and expected of school board members, this can quickly lead to conflict on a board or conflict between a board and their superintendent. With reorganization meetings having just taken place, now is an ideal time to bring back the President's Gavel June 2020 episode, Oversight or Overstepping, When Do Good Intentions Exceed Authority? Think you know the answer? Then we invite you to be a contestant and test your knowledge when the leadership development team brings you Oversight or Overstepping, The Game Show. This October, get ready to hit the buzzer in New York City during NISBA's annual convention. Join the fun Tuesday, October 26th at 11.15 a.m. Until then, study up on some real-world scenarios as you listen to the leadership development team ask each other the question, is it oversight or overstepping? Hello everyone, my name is Darcy Dercoli, Director of the Leadership Development Department here for the New York State School Boards Association. On this episode of the President's Gavel, we're asking the question, when do good intentions exceed authority? I hope you stay with us for the next 12 minutes as we discuss real world scenarios of oversight and overstepping. Let's call this meeting to order. I'm joined today by my two colleagues in the Leadership Development Department, Jamie McPherson, our Deputy Director. Welcome, Jamie. Thank you for having me, Darcy. This is great. And our Leadership Development Manager, Mark Snyder. Say hi, Mark. Hi, Darcy. Happy to be here. Thank you both for being with me today. I think you would agree, um, that all school board members want what is best for their students and communities. And Mark and Jamie and I have been out in the field working for many years, and I think we realize that that really is true. However, there are times when passion can lead a board member to take action that reaches beyond their authority. And in times of these economic stressors, I think board members can be at further risk to be impassioned and perhaps overstep their boundaries. So I'm hoping our audience will join us in some real world examples and discussion about how board members best intentions may lead to overstepping their role and what can be done differently to avoid the costly implications of those actions. So Mark and Jamie and I are going to throw out three different scenarios. We're going to have good 
discussions and conversations about them. And I promise you that none of the scenarios or the names that we use are real. They're all fictitious, but they may feel familiar to all of you out there in our audience. So Mark and Jamie, are you ready to get started? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. All right, so we're going to have some fun here because some of these are going to be a little bit to the extreme, but we want to really get the point across. So I'm going to start with our first scenario. We have a, a character here. His name is Curtis, and Curtis is a third-year board member who ran for the board with the encouragement and support of the teachers' union. Now up for re-election, Curtis is counting on the support of teachers once again. Due to an unexpected budgetary shortfall, the district is forced to find ways to cut expenses and save money. And they have begun to discuss the possibility of reducing staff. As a result, union leadership reaches out to Curtis and requests his support using the district's fund balance to cover the shortfall. They also remind him of their support of his campaign. At the next meeting, Curtis states that he will not support any budget that includes teacher layoffs and instead proposes using all of the district's savings to ensure that district programs can continue. Okay, so there's the scenario. Jamie, I'm going to throw it to you. What do you think? Overstepping or oversight? Well, Darcy, I think in this instance, I would have to probably say this is overstepping. There's two main areas that really can be impacted. You have the trust factor, but you also have that decision-making capability. Looking at the trust factor first, and I've seen this happen doing board retreats out there in the field, where a community group where somebody supports this candidate, they come on and the rest of the board and perhaps even the superintendent can look at them a little bit suspiciously because they do feel that maybe they have that agenda. And some board members pan out and that isn't the case for others. Yes, that they do try to champion a single cause. And in doing so, they're going to break trust because the question is always in the back of the mind, who are they working for? Are they working for a single entity or are they working for the district as a whole? And because of that suspicion, it can really impact relationships. It can really lead to some type of conflict. And once that happens, it takes the focus away from the job at hand and it really becomes more of an interpersonal nature. And that's really a time where we would recommend having a board retreat. Now, the second main area that this would really impact is the decision-making capability of the board. As an individual board member, if you were supported by a community group, even the teachers union for that matter, it's perfectly acceptable to share the same philosophy, to share the same ideas of that constituency. However, it's really important to look at the bigger picture. If you look at a community, there is no one single uniform entity. Instead, there are multiple groups with various perspectives out there. And so when you're having your deliberations at the board table, it's really important not to become blinded and you really need to look at the bigger picture. When mm -hmm. having del deliberations, a really effective board member has the ability to present their own ideas, to really um, challenge others and their perspectives. But really what's important is they need to challenge themselves. They need to challenge their own perceptions. And in doing so, that's really gonna lead to better decisions at hand. Great, thanks, Jamie. And 
I think a lot of those points are very well taken. I know, Mark, you've, you've been in this predicament, haven't you, Mark? I absolutely have been in this predicament. Actually, Curtis's situation is very similar to one that I was in when I was on a school board. I've often told the story of how when I was on the board, I had the support of the teachers union. And in fact, the first person to call me after my election was a union representative. And it's, it's really important, as Jamie said, for Curtis to remember that he's uh, not on the board to represent you know, these special interest groups, whether it's the teachers union or some other community organization. He's really on the board to represent the best interests of all students in the entire school community. Thank you very much, both of you, for those uh, various different thoughts and opinions here and the ways in which we can uh, look at overstepping and oversight a little bit differently. So I want to jump into scenario number two. Um, and again, we have a conversation about a budget shortfall. So let's let's talk about this one. An unexpected budgetary shortfall has forced the district to make cuts and adjustments to the proposed budget for next year. Paula, who is a veteran board member and professional accountant, is very concerned about which programs and services will be impacted as a result of these cuts. She has asked the superintendent to provide her with the entire district budget so that she may review where they are spending money, highlight areas of perceived overspending, and target line items she would like to reduce or eliminate. Okay, Mark, I'm gonna throw this one to you. So what do you think, overstepping or oversight? Oh, I'm gonna put her clearly in the overstepping category. Uh, you know, first, I, I, let, let me state that Paula is very likely a well-intentioned, passionate board member. Uh, just like all board members, she comes to the district with skills that were obtained away from the board, and scenarios such as these are not uncommon. Even though she's likely very knowledgeable as an accountant, it's not within her role as a board member to involve herself in the inner workings of budget development. The district has individuals on staff who have been specifically trained in the intricacies and complexities of school budgets. It's always best to let them do the job that you're paying them to do. You know, this scenario also creates suspicion among board members and between the board and district stakeholders. And questions could easily arise such as, what is Paula's motivation? Is she manipulating the budget to serve the needs of a special interest group, as we just spoke about in the first scenario? Now, I think when board members micromanagement, micromanage the development of the budget, there is the potential for some really negative feelings to develop as these thoughts of ulterior motives tend to creep in to the, board, uh, the boardroom. So instead of micromanaging uh, budget development, uh, we, we recommend that board members trust the process and trust their staff members. Uh, I think the, the budget and everything else in the district should be aligned to meet the vision and the goals that have been established by the board. Actually, uh, this should be the first question asked by board members when the budget is presented to them. How does this meet our vision and goals? And I think another good question to ask is, why is this budget the best option for our district as we strive to meet our vision and goals. 
by asking questions such as that, the board is clearly still in their oversight capacity uh, and they're still able to monitor the development of the budget without getting into those micromanagement scenarios such as Paula is in right now. Yeah, I think that's a great point, Mark. Uh, when we are really asking the right questions, that's when we're really getting good answers, trusting our superintendents, our business officials, and other educational leaders is paramount. And when you can ask those kinds of questions that are strategic and framed in such a way that you're looking toward the strategic objectives, goals, and priorities of the district, that's when you're having really good conversation around how are we going to meet those particular objectives and utilizing the strength of your educational leaders. We're going to come to our final scenario, scenario number three. Let me pull that up here now. As the, as the district is proposing widespread staffing reductions, the board approves a new administrative position, that of a district director of virtual learning. They determine that this position is vitally necessary as the district strives to meet its vision and goals. Michael is a new board member who has been openly critical of the way the district hires new staff and wishes to be more involved in the vetting process for candidates. He has secured a position on the district's hiring committee. And once interviews have been completed, he advocates for his favorite candidate to the other board members. So, Jamie, what do you think? Overstepping or oversight? Well, this one gets a little bit tricky, Darcy. Uh, it, you know, clearly this individual is trying to advocate for the individual that they perceive to be the best fit for the job. I think the main issue that we're really trying to tackle here is what is the board's role when it comes to the hiring process? and but, you know, just to address the first end of this, it's not terribly uncommon during times of staff reductions that a new position would be created and, and you would place somebody in that. And that can happen for a multitude of different reasons. But really, let's break it down to the bare essence. And when you look at this, this becomes an issue of policy versus procedure. And the board's world is policy and the superintendent and internal workings of the administrators and staff, that's where the procedural end comes into play. Now, it's not uncommon. And again, it's gonna vary by the district in which you are serving for. There are boards that are more actively involved in the hiring process than others are. But when it comes down to it, if the board itself is really looking at the policy end of it where they operate, Number one, when a position is posted and every board should be familiar with what is our hiring policy? Is it appropriate then for the board to take the next step and to list additional criteria that they would like to see in the candidate? Absolutely it is. Now we're not talking about qualifications, but we're looking at criteria. Say for example, we're a district and we wanna add more diversity to our staff. That could be a directive that you would give your superintendent, where if you had two candidates of equal footing, you would prefer to see one of color because you're trying to diversify your staff over the other, and that is perfectly acceptable. 
where it becomes more of the micromanagement category, and this is a pitfall that some boards fall into. I've met boards out there where they say, we know our community the best, and we really want to get our hands in there. We want to make sure that we're finding the right person for this position. I've met boards where they're going to take home resumes, and they're going to come through, and they're the ones offering suggestions in terms of who they should be giving interviews to. In my opinion, that's really not where the board operates. We've been talking about this trust issue as sort of a common thread through all of these scenarios. You have a process in place. The board really should be entrusting the internal staff, your superintendents, your administrators, the hiring committees, to vet the people that they believe are going to be the right fit for the position and then to conduct interviews. I know Mark, as being a board member, you probably had a lot of experience in this world. Uh, yeah, you know, I, actually, you know, when, when I was sitting on the board, we we followed the the the, the protocol and the, the policy that that we established uh, for hiring pretty well. So we were we were very much hands off uh, the the inner workings of the the hirings of the district. You know, for upper level administrative positions, it wouldn't be uncommon for us to participate in the final stages of the process. But this participation was usually much more observational, and it usually just involved meeting the candidates or the single candidate that remained uh, prior to the board meeting to uh, to get to know them, to possibly ask them a couple questions. But the decision had already been made or was very close to being made uh, by the time we got to that point. I think the the overarching theme for all of these scenarios is simply allow the people to do the jobs that they were hired to do. In every district, there are individuals who are professionally trained to develop budgets. So the board should let them develop a budget within the parameters that are established by the board. There are individuals on staff who have the specific knowledge and the specific skills to hire new staff members. The board sets the parameters for that position and allows them to do their job of hiring the new staff members. Absolutely, Mark. Great point. Well, it looks like this is all the time we have for today. So, Jamie and Mark, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to be on this podcast today. Well, thank, and you. I would, thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm really glad we've had this conversation. And I would also like to thank the people who are working behind the scenes, making it possible to bring this podcast to you. That would be Megan D. Gennaro, Alyssa Maeo, and Robin Adams. My name is Darcy Dercoli, Director of Leadership Development, and this has been a production of the President's Gavel. Thank you for listening, and this meeting is now adjourned.